You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, happy Tuesday. Welcome to another episode of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Um, Wanted to talk about waiver wires today. It was a crazy weekend of football, um, and there aren't anybody that you know is a must-have off of the waiver wire this week. You know, unless Buck Allen is still on your waiver wire or Tariq Cohen is still on your waiver wire, but I doubt that. Um, so, if Buck Allen is available on your waiver wire, he's owned in fifty-seven percent of Yahoo leagues right now. Uh, you know, but he's more of an honorable mention since I do think he's a very important guy to mention. If he's on your waiver wire, he's the top priority add, uh, especially if you're in a PPR league. In a standard league, he can help you in the flex and can definitely help you if Terrence West's soft tissue injury lingers. Uh, but he did have a great game this past week. He touched the ball 19 times. Uh, Terrence West touched the ball 10 times. But we did find find out after the game um, that Terrence West had a soft tissue injury. So um, he did have five catches, you know, and there's an expectation that he's going to get a ton of dump off from Joe Flacco, um, you know, kind of taking that... Danny Woodhead roll, uh, plus more, right? I mean, he's a better runner in between the tackles, so. And his running in between the tackles wasn't bad. Um, well, you know, considering he had a 37-yard run, um, that really bumped up his yards per carry to 4.7, but, you know, it still counts. So he does have a high floor in PPR leagues. If he's available, I do recommend grabbing him. Uh, Chris Carson, he, you know, Eddie Lacy, he was a healthy scratch from the game, you know, so that tells you a lot about how they feel about Carson and Rawls. Um, the game got started... And, you know, it was a crowded backfield with Rawls, Carson, and Procise. And, you know, Carson ended up emerging out of the backfield. Um, and I think he's a clear lead back at this point. Rawls, he fumbled early. He went four yards on five carries. Um, and Carson had 20 carries in this one for 93 yards. Um, he also has the ability to catch the ball. Um, but, you know, I don't expect him to take over for Procise on third down. Uh, but, you know, just keep in mind, Procise ha- has a lot of injury history. So, you know, he is a candidate, uh, you know, as far as Carson goes, he's a candidate to gain even more opportunity as the season progresses. You know, if Procise were to go down, uh, Carson does have ability to catch the ball. Um, so, you know, in standard leagues, I would rather have Carson as my number one running back add over Buck Allen. Uh, just because he's going to get more touches than Allen, you know, on a per-game basis. Assuming that Allen is sh- sharing with West, um, you know, obviously for this game that might be a little bit different coming up if West mix- misses a game. But um, I do think Carson's going to out-touch Allen. I think he makes him a little bit more valuable. And Carson will probably get the goal line carries as well. Um, offensive line in Seattle isn't good. But, you know, Carson, he's shown that he can produce with what he has so far, um, you know, since the preseason. The next guy, Chris Johnson, Bruce Arians did say that Chris Johnson could see a bump in the depth chart for week three, meaning he should be the starter and get most of the running back touches for the Cardinals for the foreseeable future. Um, Chris Johnson, he did do good last week, um, but, you know, it was against the Colts, 
and we've we, we're going to see a lot of running backs take advantage of that matchup. Um, so he should see 15 plus touches a game. So he's definitely worth an add uh, and a start in your flex. Darren Sproles, this Eagles backfield uh, is getting a little bit more clear. Legarrette Blunt, he is not a thing anymore in Philly. Um, he only saw one touch this entire game. I think he only played like. 11 snaps or something, something around that range out of the 70-something that they had. Um, Sproles led the team with 10 carries. Um, he had a total of 12 touches. Smallwood had 4 touches. So Sproles is a clear leader at this point. He should see the majority of the touches, just like we saw last year. He's more valuable in PPR since this team is very pass-heavy. They pass on 81% of plays in Week 2, which is just ungodly. And Carson Wentz also is going to you know, have a lot of fantasy-relevant weeks just because of that volume as well. Um, the fifth running back I have on here is Samaji Ryan. He would be higher if Rob Kelly sustained a more serious injury, but he appears to have avoided a rib fracture. He's diagnosed with a rib cartilage injury. So Ryan, and he's day-to-day, so Ryan might not get all the opportunity we think he will. Uh, but, you know, if Kelly's out, I think P. Ryan moves up, you know, to maybe number three or, or something like that. Um, but, you know, Rob Kelly, he was doing really well in this game. He was ripping off some chunk runs before he left the game. Um, and when P. Ryan came in, you know, he wasn't able to do much. But he did he did get volume, and I expect P. Ryan to get volume if Kelly was out. Um, I, and I'm okay with plugging P. Ryan in, um, you know, because he's going to get the touches. He might even get a few passes as well since he's a lot more capable of that than Kelly. I would not waste a high pri- waiver priority on, on Perrine, um, you know, since Kelly's injury might not, you know, keep him out for too long. Uh, as far as wide receivers go, uh, Rashard Higgins is my number one waiver ad, especially in PPR. Corey Coleman, he broke his hand. He's on injured reserve. Kenny Britt, you know, it's really interesting with him because he doesn't seem like he's interested in playing with the Browns, and the Browns don't seem interested in playing him either. Um, so there needs to be a new number one in town, and it seems to be Rashard Higgins. He saw 11 targets in this game, caught 7 of them for 95 yards. He ran routes on 86% of passing plays, and Britt only ran 64% of passing plays. So Higgins' target share from Kevin Hogan and Deshaun Kaiser. Kaiser left this game because of a migraine, but came back. Um, So the total in between them was uh, 28% target share. And, you know, Kaiser was also... You know, really, uh, you know, targeting him as well. It wasn't just Kevin Hogan. I, I went and watched all the snaps, and uh, most of it was from Kaiser. Um, so Higgins, you know, he's a good route runner um, from what we've seen in college. Um, you know, and and the limited action we saw last year. Um, and you know, he's going to see a healthy share of targets from from a team that is going to be in a ton of game strips that favor passing the ball, um, especially later towards the end of the game. Um, he doesn't obviously he doesn't offer quite the upside Corey Coleman does, but you know he's going to be out of the slot and he's going to offer you a solid floor in PPR leagues. I think he's a great uh, flex option and even a, a wide receiver three option. Marquise Lee is the next guy I wanted to talk about. He is he's obviously more valuable in PPR leagues. Um, and, and you know Alan Hearns he had the bigger fantasy day this past week because of his touchdown. Uh, but Marquise Lee he saw the majority of the targets in week two. You know, his target share was a ridiculous 40% from Blake Bortles. Um, He had 12 targets, caught 7 of them uh, for 76 yards. And, you know, I'm not one to trust Blake Bortles, but, you know, Marquise Lee, he showed he can get it done for us in PPR last year. That was with Allen Robinson on the field. So with Robinson gone, you know, I would assume that Lee will absorb a lot of those targets as we saw this past week. J.J. Nelson is the next guy I want to talk about. 
Um, you know, when he's on the field, you know, he's shown rapport with Carson Palmer, you know, and he doesn't get all the playing time either. He usually doesn't play all the snaps, um, you know, and doesn't have a high percentage of routes run on all passing plays. But, you know, with John Brown out, Nelson, you know, he's taken advantage of the targets thrown his way. Uh, he caught five of seven of his targets for 120 yards and a touchdown. Um, and, you know, with John Brown playing in week one, he caught five of six targets for 43 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, you know, he, Carson Palmer is looking for J.J. Nelson, you know, for those big plays. Um, and, I, you know, I'm assuming this run game is going to struggle a little bit. So there's going to be more targets available down the field. Um, and that means more opportunity for J.J. Nelson. I mentioned Alan Hearns. He's the next guy. Uh, if you're in a standard league, Hearns is the better pickup over Lee. Just because Hearns has a, you know, he's a better chance of getting bigger plays, picking up chunk yardage, getting touchdowns. Um, you know, he probably won't have high reception totals. And the passing volume will likely move towards the mean, you know, as they want to run the ball more, play more defensive-minded. Um, but we saw Hearns, you know, he was valuable in 2015, uh, you know, in Bortles' incredible fantasy season. Um, you know, so I would expect something, you know, kind of in between. Not as gaudy, but, you know, he, he's going to be valuable. And by the way, if you're looking for a ceiling play, Hearns is definitely a ceiling play over Marquise Lee. Uh, Kendall Wright, um, you know, we were wondering who was going to get the majority of targets in Chicago after Kevin White went down for the year, and I think it's going to be Kendall Wright. Um, he's obviously more valuable in PPR just because of how many targets he's getting and his, his A dot. Um, you know, the Bears were down all game, you know, in week two, um, and Wright caught seven catches on 10 targets for 69 yards. Um, that resulted in a 22% target share, that was the highest in the team. Um, he had 10 targets, so Tariq Cohen and Zach Miller came in second. They were tied with 10, with uh, I'm sorry, with nine targets each. Um, so you know the Bears are going to have to pass the ball a lot this year, especially when they play away from home, um, and you know especially if they have to play without Jordan Howard. He has a shoulder injury right now, so we kind of have to wait and see on that. Um, so you know, right? You know, he sh- he should have a 20 percent, you know, or more target share per game as long as he stays healthy. By default, you know, since he's the best receiver they have on the roster, um, you know, and you know his the A dot, like I said, which is the average depth of throw, is so low. You know, they're all underneath passes, and that seems like all Mike Lennon seems to want to throw at this point. And you know, I can't blame him because they don't really have a downfield threat. <clears throat> um, now, just keep in mind um, of. Marcus Wheaton coming back from injury. He's still hurt right now, and he didn't play in the last game, so he, he could be back at any point. So just 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 keep him in mind. Jerron Brown is the next guy. He got the highest target share for the Cardinals at 31%, but you know it, he just never seems to be on the same page as Carson Palmer. You know when you compare him to Larry Fitzgerald and JJ Nelson. Um, but you know with that share, you know those targets have to turn to catches at some point. He caught four of his 11 targets. For 73 yards, and you know, if he can catch a few more, he can have some big days. Um, Brown, he's more of a hit or miss guy, but he does have a high ceiling. Jermaine Curse, next guy I want to talk about. You know, he is the best receiver on the Jets, um, and you know, he has three touchdowns in the first two games. He has a 20, 21% target share in week two. Um, so he's someone you can throw in your lineup and expect him to get production. Or the worst comes to worst, he'll, he'll get some garbage time touchdowns which he got in this past game. Um, you know, the other wide receivers they have, they're just very young, very raw. Um, so Curse is really the only legitimate option for Josh McCown at this point. Once Bryce Petty takes over, though, I expect that role to shift to his BFF, Robbie Anderson. But until then, I expect Curse to get the most looks while the Jets fight back every single game. Cooper Cup, 
he didn't produce like he did in week one. He didn't get that touchdown like he did, but you know, he had a huge target share of 27%. Now, there isn't much passing volume in this offense the first two weeks, but you know, if you compare it to Sammy Watkins, his share was only 9% in the in the second game. That's really, really low. Um, you know, and I assume the team will do something this week in practice to address that and make sure that it goes up for Sammy Watkins. Um, and that might be at the expense of Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup just seems like the safety valve for Jared Goff, and you know, he just has his eye right now. Um, and you know, like I said, they only threw the ball 25 times, passing volumes low. Uh, but now, but for now, you know, he seems like the guy that Jared Goff uh, seems to trust. Um, you know, I don't really trust this offense. You know, and that 27% actually maps to only six targets, um, and that's how much he got week one as well. Uh, it's not something to hang your hat on, but, you know, Cup is a good receiver um, who can be an asset in PP, PPR leagues this year. Uh, Going to move on to tight ends. There's three tight ends I wanted to talk about. Ben Watson's number one. Joe Flacco, he loves to target his tight end. Dennis Pitta last year had 86 receptions. Um, so, and Watson, in this past game, he caught eight all eight of his targets for 91 yards, and that was a 26% target share. That's legit usage, and I think we found Flacco's new favorite tight end. So, you know, I'm going to try to pick him up in PPR leagues. Um, you know, I think he's somebody that if you're in a PPR league, he's an every week start. Zach Miller, he tied Tariq Cohen, like I said, for second on the Bears with nine targets and caught six of them for 42 yards uh, in week two. The increase for targets from week one to week two makes sense since Miller is one of the more talented pass catchers on that roster. Um, you know, and Kevin White is gone for the season, so we would kind of expect that Miller, as talented as he is, you know, he would be a little bit of a volume play. Um, and if the Bears ever get close to the end zone, he should be, um, you know, a favorite target. ASJ, Austin Safarian Jenkins. There, there are a lack of playmakers on the Jets, and I think that's an understatement. But the fact that the Jets are going to be passing so much, trying to catch up in these games, um, you know, and combined with the glowing reports from training camp about ASJ, you know, make him a nice flyer pickup if you have a volatile tenant in your roster. Like, if you have a guy, like, you're not really sure about that you can start every week, you know, why not pick up ASJ, keep him on your roster, see what happens. Um, you know, I'm not going to pick him up and start him in week three. Um, and by the way, he's coming off a of suspension. That's why you didn't hear anything of him week one and week two. So this is the week that um, he could potentially blow up. Um, you know, there's a small chance of that. But, you know, it's better that if he's on your roster than if you had to fight for him in the waiver wire. Um, you know, I... This is the likely the last chance of ASJ's career. You know, he's supposedly a changed man, but, you know, we'll, we'll wait to find out. But I'd rather find out with him on my roster. Um, okay, guys, that's all I wanted to talk about, to talk about today. I didn't have that much time, um, you know, after writing the article. You can check it out at UpperHandFantasy.com if you miss anything. Um, you follow me on Instagram at UpperHandFantasy, on Twitter at Faraz Siddiqui, F-A-R-A-Z-S-I-D-D-I-Q-I. Um, you know, on Twitter as well at Upper Hand FFB. Good luck with all your waiver claims, guys, and uh, have a great day.